0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Like this throw right here. It's Adams again! The connection and the touchdown! 73 yards!
0: It's violent. Go get it. Don't let nothing stop you. you. Gotta fight for everything. It's Hogan Johns.
2: It's really cool just to see how much the city of Chicago, you know, the Bears organization, the Bears fans, show love to a family that they barely even know.
1: It is amazing. I love it.
0: From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's
3: Adam Adam Ho.
2: There's no ducking anybody in the NFL. No. Like the Lions still have NFL players.
3: And from the from the athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. You know, hasn't Justin Fields it enough to at least pique your interest to see what he can do yeah. with the Two. It's the
0: Adams. That's the best in the city of Chicago. Hogan Johns. The Adams converge. And we are
1: underway.
2: What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you after a couple days to digest. Not even 48 hours now with the night game, but uh, it feels like it's been a little bit to digest the Bears' season opening loss to the Los Angeles Rams at outstanding SoFi Stadium on Sunday night. We are back home. We are getting ready for week two,
3: and we're on to Cincinnati, Johnsy. Are you really? There's players to talk to at House Hall later today. Oh, Sean DeSai still has to talk this week. Bill Lazer still has to talk talk this week. So we're in like no man's land, where we're going to preview the Bengals at some point, while we're still going to talk about the Rams. You mean players on that defense might actually talk
2: about what happened? Maybe. On It'll be Roquan Smith again. Yeah, probably. <laughs> hey, he's probably going to be the voice of the defense this year, and he is the uh, the main guy in the middle. So, um, well, we'll uh, we'll have those updates for you and, and see what they have to say. But uh, we've looked at the film. We've rewatched the game. We've got thoughts and things to talk about. Uh, we also have your voicemails. The voicemail segment is back. We're excited about it, and we'll have those here for you momentarily. But welcome in. Hogan Johns here with you. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read him at theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, which is where you should go to subscribe. If you're not already, what are you doing? You are doing it wrong. And Kevin Fishbane will be here today as well. You can read all of his find content at that same website. I'm up at NBCSportsChicago.com. My first 10 Bears Stings column of the regular season is up for you to enjoy. I wrote it on the plane coming home yesterday, and uh, I don't know what else. There's power rankings. There's all kinds of stuff up on NBCSportsChicago.com. Check it out. The presenting sponsor for t- today's episode of Hogan Johns is Visa, a network working for everyone. The defense not quite working for everyone for the Chicago Bears, though. I have a feeling, John Z, our
3: our, uh, listeners probably had some thoughts on the uh, voicemail line. I would say so. I would say so. Uh, A lot of fingers can be pointed at a lot of players, I would say, after that performance.
2: Well, let's uh, let's hear what you guys had to say on the voicemail line, which, of course, is 872-221-0046. Please write it down. Save it. We do tweet it uh, during the game. We try to, but um, I can't respond every single time during the game when someone <laughs> hey, just asks put me. Put it in the your numbers. phones, people. So save just, it. Please save it. It's 872-221-0046. But here they are, your voicemails from week one.
4: Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh,
1: you didn't know. You asked but a call somebody.
0: Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line.
1: Believe it or not, George isn't at
0: home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game.
1: Go Bears! da 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 chicagos Bears. Chicago's Bears. Hoggy Cat John's Zip, Hab G on the mic back there. Bob Dabrowski calling in from Hollywood, California. And I am getting ready to watch the Chicago Bears because football is back baby and i love it i could not be possibly more excited okay i've got the malorts running through my veins i've got a stallion beef in my genitals and i am just pumped up for chicago football football in general i love it what a day what a week what a country what a world we got uh you know today i don't know i'm not all that optimistic about today but uh you know i do think that justin fields is going to get in I think he's going to score a touchdown. I don't think it's going to be at quarterback. I think it's going to be at cornerback. I think he's going to show off his 4-4 four four will, and he's going to get a pick six. Justin Fields, pick six. Best quarter slash cornerback to ever play this game in the NFL. And I just, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that football's back and the Chicago Bears are on TV in T-minus a couple of minutes or hours. I don't know, whatever time it is. Time zones are weird out here in California, but uh, we got Chicago Bear football. Let's go. Let's roll. Chicago Bears, Bear down! This has to be the most Chicago Bears start to a game of all games, all time. I
0: told myself all
1: week I was not going to get my hopes up. Because you know Andy Dalton's the starter. And yet, we were able to move the ball down the field and end the drive in two turnovers under Andy Dalton. One, bad interception. Two, miss the wide open tight end over the middle. Meanwhile, the more talented quarterback is on the sidelines and they're not afraid to play him because he already went in and made a great pass. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Why are we being tortured? We don't deserve more mediocre quarterback play. Quit abusing us, McCaskies. Dalton just turned the ball over on four downs. This is after his interception in the red zone. Enough! Enough! Justin Fields, goodbye. What the (laughs) Love you boys. Offense still looks like Nagy is still an idiot. Awful play management. Awful play calling, awful clock management. He's an idiot. Please, for the love of God, fire him. Man, I bet Virginia McCaskey is pissed.
0: Nagy, play the kid or don't. Quit
1: dicking around. I'm watching from Morocco this week, but I can tell you, the offense actually looks competent. This isn't to keep Andy Dalton in. It should still be Justin Fields, but something seemingly has clicked, and it is an actual NFL offense for the first time in three years for the Chicago Bears. Go Bears. Justin Fields to the goal. Let's go, baby.
3: Red alert. Red alert. Justin Fields touchdown for the Bears.
2: But also, I'd like to point out, it was a touchdown in the third quarter. So the offense is already doing better than it was last year. Bear down, baby.
1: Teddy Jackson, can you make a f***ing tackle, you f***ing... Un-f***ing-believable. And well, it's fair to say that Marquee Christian sucks. You guys are absolutely right. I'm tired of Eddie Jackson being a storyline, too. Hey, what's up? This is Will from Portland. Gotta say, it's really cool to see Chris Conte come out of retirement. Um, I don't know how he got the number number four, I thought. You know, Eddie Jackson had that, but whatever. Um, so it's really fun watching Nagy ice both quarterbacks at the same time with this wild swap tw- anyway later coached and the defense outplayed
4: boring this is the same sh- we've seen the last
1: three to four years with matt nagy you cannot win football games like this same old
3: bears what can you say not saying we need fields in but
0: just kept the coaching together thanks guys
2: where did
3: Bob Dabrowski say he had the Italian beef? <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't wow. know. I, I, it's a visual none of us ever should want in our heads. Bob, oh. it's hard pass. <laughs> Fortunately, it's there. Um,
2: good calls. Good job. Uh, appreciate everybody chiming in this week. Some funny ones in there. Chris Conti wearing number four. Uh, that's good. Hey. They, there's there's uh I, I have some frustrations myself after rewatching the game and I put some of this in my 10 Bears things John Z and I, I think this is where I think Matt Nagy needs to be careful here for just being honest with how this whole quarterback thing is going. Oh 100% agree and I and I and I've said this multiple times on this podcast but I for, for those that are saying that this is somehow going to buy him more time or help his job security by not playing Justin Fields. I, I I think it's way more riskier to do what he's doing. But regardless of the quarterback, I saw some things rewatching the game that really have me concerned and have my just mind boggling things. So let's go to back to back plays late in the first quarter. Okay. This is where they put Justin Fields on the field, I think, for the second time. All right, so the first time was the nine-yard throw on the first drive, quickly followed up by... Let's start with that. Quickly followed up with false start, timeout, end zone interception. We've seen that before. That had to be just infuriating to Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, after all the time they spent in the offseason... With that really in mind, and what they've sold Andy Dalton on, right? The operation of the offense, everything being cleaner, and to be better in the red zone, and then not have the end zone interceptions that Mitch Trubisky had. And on the very first drive, after a 41 yard run from David Montgomery, what happens? False start, timeout because the play clock's running down, end zone interception. That is unbelievable. Like, really an unbelievable way to start the season, and yet still completely believable. But later in the first, when they go back to. So here's a back to back play sequence Justin Fields comes on. They flip it back to Marquise Goodwin, like on that reverse. You remember what play I'm talking yeah, about?
3: Okay. Basically,
2: an end around. yeah. Here's the problem with this play I don't care who's running it, I don't care who the quarterback <laughs> it, is. It stinks. This play required. 39-year-old Jason Peters, who is very generously listed at 328 on the Bears roster, no chance in hell he's 328, to get out to the numbers and make the key block on who? Jalen Ramsey. Sorry, man. That ain't going to go well. And honestly, I'm sure they schemed that up hoping that it wasn't Jalen Ramsey they were blocking. But still, asking Jason Peters to get out to the numbers at his age in the shape he's in, that's your play that you're putting Justin Fields on the field for? Just hate it. Just absolutely hate it. And then here's the next play. The next play, Andy Dalton comes back on. Another horizontal play. How many horizontal plays were there in this game? Horizontal now to the right side, the opposite side. It's just a one of these bubble screens that they love to run, right? This one's the Darnell Mooney. But it requires five foot nine Damir Bird to make the key block. On who? <laughs> Jalen Ramsey. Again, probably not drawing that up to block Jalen, having to block Jalen Ramsey. Still, it's the personnel you're asking. The block. He's five nine. He's tiny.
3: What? We didn't bring this. It's we didn't bring bad. this well, sorry, sorry. We we didn't bring this up in the conversation with Jordan that we had. You know, previewing the game. But she did a great article on Jalen Ramsey being the star of that defense. Now, star is a name for the actual position that he plays for the Rams defense, and it's a versatile position. He's all over the field, right? You're putting your best when you're best defensive playmakers maybe even better than Aaron Donald because you could do different things with him in the secondary. Um, and he's so big as a defensive back. You do, just do a lot of different things with him. And um, I was thinking about her article throughout the entire game because he just kept coming up. Like they were targeting him. Like, I I, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, a good idea to stay away from the guy. Uh, well, he had one tackle on Marquise Goodwin where he suplexed him. Do you remember the tackle I'm talking about? Yes. Like he picked them up. Like a child and threw him back. That happened in the game. The the amount of times we heard Jalen Ramsey's name in that game was alarming to me because that means they were being out schemed. That means they like the Rams had your number and you could not find a way around this guy. Like they had other players you could target. It, it, obvious, I mean,
2: obvious it, that's and that's the great thing about Jalen Ramsey. He's gonna line up all over the field and it's hard to avoid him. But that, again, goes back to what I'm talking about. Like Even if that's your defense, like, oh, obviously we we're trying to go towards Jalen Ramsey and they just out-schemed us there. It's still the play design. Did you really think that that play with bringing Justin Fields out there and flipping it back to Marquise Goodwin was going to work with Jason Peters having to get out to the numbers? Or a play that requires Demir Bird to make a the key block? And I... Maybe I'm underestimating Bird's blocking ability. I don't know. I'm just looking. This is like the first time we're seeing him in a Bears uniform. <laughs> it's, it's a the mismatch, guy's 5'9". On yeah, Jalen it's Ramsey. It's just... It just. The, I I guess the, the overall point there is there's just some things that went way beyond what's going on with the quarterback. Like, whoever's out there, that's what you're drawing up in the first
3: quarter, of the first game. I just did not like it. I had issue with... Well, we kind of brought this up post-game. Like feeling the hot hand, like understanding like what's actually working in regards to David Montgomery. I I put this in my takeaways column, which will be up at The Athletic, uh, might be up right now. Um, Like when he comes on on the third possession, Damian Williams, this is after David Montgomery has clearly shown you that he's going to be an explosive dynamic threat for you this game. Like he's the best player. He's the best thing going for the Bears in the early going. Like I get the idea, you have to spell him every now and then, but you really got it. Like you have to show some flexibility to with your plan. You could put Damian Williams on the sideline. You could put Dave Montgomery back out there for your third possession, even if that was in your plan to give him that rest on that third possession. Understandable. All teams do it, but he had such a hot hand going. Like Dave Montgomery had such good things going, and then you open up that possession with the tackle for loss, and Damian Williams is just. Like that lack of flexibility, feeling the rhythm of the of what's actually working, like stood out to me again after going through the numbers on True Media Sport Radar and then watching the game again.
2: Yeah, and, and look, I thought Damian Williams played great. I mean, one of the biggest positives I think is that that running back tandem that they have. And I don't know if he played great. He had six carries for twelve yards, but he he. How many catches did he have? He was dynamic, dude. Go watch go watch the tape. He was really good. I think I think between the. But I am agreeing with your point. You, just because your plan was to give David Montgomery a couple series and then give him one off doesn't mean that that's what you should do once the game starts. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that one, but I do think it's a positive that they have. It uh, looks like two pretty good running backs. I mean, they didn't really slow down offensively when David Montgomery came out of the game, and I think that that was a... Oh, I thought that drive they did. That was no, like no, the I'm sorry. When got, well, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about when he got hurt. When he got hurt and had to go to the locker room. Yeah. like They, they, they seemed to weather that pretty well, but I completely agree with the point earlier um, earlier in the game where you, you went a huge stretch there where David Montgomery didn't touch the ball and it just three carries. He's averaging 19
3: yards per carry. Come on. I put this in my column until Justin Fields takes the field, the actual field starts for you. David Montgomery is the identity of your offense. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah, he is with all due respect to Allen Robinson and Andy Dalton. Your best player offensively is David Montgomery.
2: Well, it's probably Justin Fields, but he's on the bench. That's what i said, until he takes the field. field. So unless you bring him on the field, then pitch it back to Marquise Goodwin and make Jason Peters make the key block.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you wanna find quality
3: professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tool to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
2: Uh, let's bring in Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. You may have heard of him. He's uh, a frequent contributor to this podcast. We call him the Fish Man, the Fish Dad. He likes Northwestern. He's wearing a purple hat. And uh, if you are watching on the YouTube channel right now, you can see all of that, including that plant behind him. Uh, we like to call this segment uh, In Front of One Fern with Kevin Fishbane. Actually, a plant. A yeah, we've talked about that before. It's fake. Yeah fake plan otherwise yeah. you you do a tremendous job of taking care of it if it's real
4: also i should note that the um the bobbleheads behind me uh, mike singletary bronco nagurski and Cleo mac all combined on sunday night for one tackle the three of them
3: you're gonna have to lower your camera kevin we can't see him i could see him there they are
2: yeah no they're there and they're uh yep. Yep, that's what Khalil Mack looked like when I rewatched it. I actually the game think it was too. one yeah. assisted
3: tackle, too, if you want to make correct
2: it
4: sound even uh, worse. Also, how, how lucky is Robert Quinn? I don't know if you guys talked about this for getting a half sack on that uh, Akeem. Was Hicks. he even
2: in on the I, play? I rewatched it. I was like, I don't think that that was him.
4: Like if anything, I would have given it to Nichols. I thought he yes. was at least closer to the quarterback. I mean, if you're, I mean, you know, at some point, maybe one day, ever we can ask Hakeem Hicks how he felt about you know not getting the entire sack for himself one day
2: probably not I
4: don't
0: uh probably not
2: yeah. all right Kevin well we're uh ranting and raving already on this Tuesday morning about some of the things we watch when we re-watch the game uh sounds like you have hey, some things there on, you go on your chance your cha- <laughs> Wait. You've already got a nice little jab in there on a Khalil Mack. I, I gotta say, I think that's the first Khalil Mack game where I did not write down number fifty two a single time, either live or when I went back and watched the game. And that that is concerning. It, it just is. Like this is Wave has to trend at this point. It it's yeah, you
4: know, it's not good. We 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 all like talk about, you know, how many times he's double teamed, how many times there's a chip block, how many times they quarterback goes away from him um you notice sometimes he doesn't even get chipped like there's a tight end lined up there so he has to you know line up even more outside impedes his path to all those things like i get that but i feel like now we're at the point where you know who else has to deal with all that stuff aaron donald right jalen ramsey who you guys were just talking about those guys had to deal with that too and you know khalil Mack dealt with that earlier in his career It's not like the double teams and triple teams and chip blocks just started on Sunday in 2018. What do you think teams were doing to him? And he was wrecking them. So, you know, I I think like, you know, last year I I, I've said it, I've written it. The guy was hurt. He had four injuries last year and he still played like 82% of the time. So like you can, like, I think that's a built in excuse, but now it's just, okay, What like, what, like, what, what, how is this going to work? And, you know, the idea that he's supposed to be schemed into situations now. But again, it's Cleo Mack. You shouldn't have to get a defensive coordinator to scheme him into opportunities to make big plays.
3: Just look at what other edge defenders did in week one. Did you guys track this at all? Did you guys see what some of these guys did? Uh, I I tracked what Robert Quinn did. Two sacks. Five quarterbacks hits. One forced fumble. Chandler Jones. Five sacks, two forced fumbles against the Titans. And I would say that those guys played maybe better offensive lines than Khalil Mack did. Um, Like, I went through, like, so Khalil Mack had, what, zero quarterback hits in this game? Um, He had five of those games last year, you know, Mm -hmm. where he's kind of kept off the score sheet. T.J. Watt. Last year averaged nearly three quarterbacks hits a game for an NFL best 41. And you look back at like the quarterback hits that Clemack had last year, he had 13. You know, it's just like at some point this is this is a serious problem, is it not? Like the production, I, I get that he's paid a lot of attention to. I get that opponents scheme the hell out of him, right? But the, don't they do the same with T.J. Watt? Don't they do the game, same against, you know, like... Like you mentioned, Aaron Donald Ramsey, and Jalen Ramsey, yet these guys are are mentioned like consistently throughout games. This is a problem, I think.
2: Well, and the other problem is that, and I watched Robert Quinn pretty closely. He was getting singled and not doing anything. So it's it's yes, it's 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 beyond concerning at this point. Um, it's all a problem. It's all a problem. Yes, it's starting to become all a problem. Though it really is like. The defense looks old. I think I heard you say that on the radio yesterday, Kevin Fishbane. It looked old, and it's not good. Uh, I got to bring up another thing, okay? I have been somewhat defensive of the Bears deciding to keep Jimmy Graham around when they could have used that cap space elsewhere, perhaps kept Kyle Fuller, perhaps kept Charles Leno Jr. Charles Leno Jr., I still thought that Jimmy Graham and his nine touchdowns were valuable. I thought the, the mentoring Nicole Komet, that's all real. But whatever defense I had for the Bears doing that involved him playing more than 14 snaps. If he's playing 14 snaps, then there was no business keeping him around on that money when you could have spent that cap space elsewhere. I mean, that makes no sense at all. Even last week, correct me guys if I'm wrong, it could have cut him last week and still saved all the cap space, but now his contract's guaranteed because he was on the roster for week one. Instead they restructured it, pushed another four and a half million dollars onto next year, now that you gotta worry about in dead cap space, all to play him fourteen snaps. I don't get that.
4: You can't put a dollar amount on mentorship. <laughs> just ask Danny Trevathan
3: wow flamethrower in your arsenal today huh Fishman jeez
4: I'm not even sure well, I understood that one but it felt powerful <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I Hogue, I'm with you because I like as I said Well, well you, he led the team in receiving touchdowns last year he's still a weapon in the red zone we actually saw why he's still a weapon in the red zone on his one catch right yeah on Jalen Ramsey it's a good play but like what I think the Bears I believe they were seventeenth in week one in twelve personnel. And you know, I I you know I I assume if you if, if Nagy's asked about it, he'll talk about the flow of the game and they were trailing. But if you're trailing, you can have Jimmy Graham and Cole out on the field. Like would you rather have Jimmy Graham on the field or Demir Bird or Marquise Goodwin? Like and all that speed, not, right? I'm not or or none. I don't know who you'd want but I, I'm not sure I'm with you ho because I think there is a like there, there's some kind of gap there because you can't Like I, I'm not saying that they should play him because he's making a lot of money but you kept him and you you're, you're paying him to play not to just be a mentor for Cole Komet
2: but I, I mean even more so I, I'm just talking about like the logic of the personnel decision like again even if earlier in the offseason you thought okay this makes sense we're going to do it like a week ago you must have known by then you weren't going to be using him a ton so then is it really wise to still keep all the money on the books because like right now and I don't know who who they can even go out and get but like it sure seems like they need
3: a corner maybe two
2: you know it. And they don't have the cap space. So just to push oh. push another four and a half
4: on the next year, I just... I, to play them 14 snaps, wow. Kyle Foreman, nice play there uh, to keep the Giants out of the end zone on Sunday. Saw that. Saw that.
2: Did he get any interceptions?
4: I don't know. But uh, speaking of interceptions, um, what was the last time the Bears... I, I should have been the one to look this up, but I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily find it. Last time the Bears as a team had only one pass breakup in a game. Ooh. And that one pass breakup was Jalen Johnson batting a pass down at the line. Like it wasn't even in coverage.
2: Oh, yeah. That was actually an interesting play when I rewatched it because if, if you look closely, I think Stafford saw out of the corner of his eye that um, that Johnson was blitzing. I think it was going to be a run, and he saw the corner of his eye that Johnson was blitzing, and he tried to throw to the area that he vacated because it was wide open. It really was wide open. It was like a it was a savvy play I thought by Matthew Stafford, but Johnson did a great job of then jumping up and batting the pass down. So it's kind of like two two smart plays on the same play, and it just ended in, in an incomplete pass. But you're right. I I, do say, I thought Johnson played really well, and by the way, I just thought Kindleville Door was okay. Like, I didn't see any major problems with Kendall Vildor in that game.
4: Yeah, I think I said to Johns at some point in the fourth quarter that, like, we hadn't heard Vildor's name at all. And that's usually a good thing. I thought Johnson had great coverage on that third down in the first quarter when they went deep for Jefferson. Um, you know, I don't, I, I, I we'll see what Sean Desai says on Wednesday, but I, I'm curious, you guys' thoughts on, on that first touchdown. Is Johnson. Did he get fooled in that move also? Is he passing to Eddie Jackson, who's expecting to be in position there? Like, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. At least to Johnson's credit, he continued after the play and at least got a hand on Van Jefferson. Granted, it was in the end zone, but...
2: Well, I mean, first of all, it was a great route. Sometimes you do have to yep. give the other team credit. A great throw. And because what happens is... I mean, it, it, some of the percentage of blame has to go on Johnson a little bit, but Eddie Jackson does have the the coverage over the top and the route was, was really good that he got, he got Jackson to turn his hips towards the sideline, which is what you're taught to do on that play. And then he cut it back to the middle of the field and basically got him spun around. I mean, it was a, it was a really good play. Um, sometimes that happens. It was a good play design. And again, it, it goes back to, well, it, it's all intertwined because it goes back to, to me, yeah, Aaron Donald's a problem. Guess what? Khalil Mack's a problem. Keem Hicks is a problem. One team was able to get deep vertical shots, contain those problems. The other team was not. And and, and it some of that does come down to scheme and coaching. And I, that was a play where they did a really good play design the players executed, and on the back end, the Bears players completely did not
3: execute because they couldn't even touch the guy down on the ground. No, no. I mean, that's a perfect example, even the Cooper Cup one, where, I mean, it takes time to get down the field, guys, right? Where you need your 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 coverage and pass rush to work in tandem there to, to help each other out. Um, it's... I, I don't know which one was more alarming, the the lack of consistent pass rush by a, a defensive line that's supposed to be your strength or, you know, just the the glaring holes that continue to show up in the secondary because, I mean, it, it, it's both problems. It's all problems, John Fox would say. Well, what did you guys think of Matthew Stafford? I, I, I have to say, after one game with Sean McVeigh, like, you could see where the big arm comes into play, like how it just makes his offense a bit different. Like, I I, 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 I want it to be sold on this Matthew Stafford idea, I wanted to, to see it to believe it, but I think they have something here. I, I really do.
4: Well, I was thinking about thinking about all the times we've watched Stafford over the years and how often even average Bears defenses have given problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back to the twenty sixteen that three and thirteen team. I think had like one of their best games of the season, completely shutting him down, and. So, you know, and they could be, oh, he's the same guy. And they, you know, they have, but they, when they say he's the same guy, they're saying that with high praise that he's still a really good quarterback. And then to see what he did to them on Sunday night in this scheme with this offensive line, with these receivers and this play caller. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm with you, John's. I think they, they have something I've always thought that Stafford was underrated, but I, I think I also put that in the context of the quarterbacks I've seen in this town. Right. Like, I've always assumed, it, like, you put Stafford. Well, with the Bears have loved Stafford. Right, yeah. I think so I, was a Cabo. Exactly. So, you know, no. I, I think that that was, uh, that was quite, the, quite the pairing, getting him with McVay and getting him with this, with this talent. Well, those deep shots are.
3: I, I don't know if they exist, guys, in the Bears' offense with Andy Dalton. I, I really don't. Because sometimes it takes a certain level of athleticism to get out there like even stepping up in the pocket and eluding some guys that are around you. Do you guys see some of the highlights this weekend from some of the uh, the young quarterbacks around the league? Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, the stuff that they do like after the play, like after the play is beat, but they create another play within the play. Do you see some of those plays? Even like the ugly pass that Patrick Mahomes threw, just really up for grabs to Tyree Hill. Do you guys see that highlight? It's just, like, it's those types of plays that you know Justin Fields could bring to this offense. And they just felt, like, I knew they'd be limited with Andy Dalton, but to have every completion within, what like, the air yards, what were his air yards? Just, it was not good. And I get the Rams are good at taking off the top, but I don't think they ever felt threatened over the top by Andy Dalton in this game. That's what I'm saying.
2: That was a thing even last year in Dallas. His air yards were not good. And that was with really good weapons in that offense with the Cowboys. And, and so that's the one thing I've I've taken, a have objected to with this idea that, the Bears can win the same
3: way the Chiefs did with Alex Smith in 2017. But even go back to Alex Smith 2017, that's when the offense changed for them. I mean, he was getting the ball down the field. That's my point. Look at this. That's
2: exactly my point. He was tied with Russell Wilson and uh, who was the other one? It was Russell Wilson and somebody else. He was tied at the top in air yards. Alex Smith was. And that's not Andy Dalton. So don't sell that. Just don't say it's not just the offensive line. It is not just the offensive line. It's the scheme. It's the cornerback, and it's Justin Fields who could potentially change that because everywhere Justin Fields has been, including Ohio State the last couple of years, that is a vertical quarterback who can make plays downfield and buy time with his legs. If you don't have the offensive line to protect them,
4: you know one of the things that Kyle Orton was really good at. <laughs> oh,
3: Here we go. <laughs> was.
4: Uh, Being drawing, in drunken pictures with whiskey over his shirt. <laughs> I'm, that's, was drawing pass interference penalties, right? Like there'd be time he was just like launch it down fear. Like, oh no, what's going to happen here? Here comes a flag. And this was in the early to mid 2000s when they weren't necessarily throwing flags when a, you know, a guy put a pinky on a receiver, right? The point is you can, you have two really talented wide receivers now, Robinson Darnell Mooney. And you limit what they can do when you don't push the ball downfield. A couple of years ago, Robinson, I think, was uh, there wasn't like a stat in terms of how he ranked, but he drew like eight or nine pass interference penalties. He did draw one on Sunday night that wasn't called. That was pretty egregious miscall. Um, but like, let those guys make plays, force the defense to do something, you know, and allow those flags to come. Allow your guys to go get the football. Like you, you just, you know, we we talked about this a lot last year, right? About like this team has just no yak. There's just no yards after catch. It was the same thing on Sunday. I think a lot of that has to do with the scheme. But, like, get the ball to your guy in stride, you know, and, and let him go. It's just like you spent all this time on adding speed now, right, with Demir Byrd and Marquise Cowan. Well, what does what good does that speed do you if you're just going horizontal all day long? Like, it's just like you just limit yourself so much. I, I'm very curious to see what the game plan is against Cincinnati. Right, because they can sit here all week and tell us, "Well, this is the Rams' defense. This is what they do. They force you to think and dunk." We had that shot play. Then we got sacked. Blah 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 blah. Well, all right. So, what do you do against Cincinnati? Right? I don't think anybody's going to be going into that game thinking, "Well, it's the Bengals' defense. They're going to force you to do all these things." No, it's the Bengals' defense. You should be able to push the ball downfield. And if it's just, it's a problem again, you know, then then you have a bigger discussion about what are we doing here. Well, if it's a
3: problem again. Let me tell you what's going to happen, Fishman, is Andy Dalton's going to get booed by his own fans incessantly, loudly, angrily. It's going to be that bad. It's going to be that frequent. It's going to be that early because that five play tease, that's what I called it in my column on Sunday. Like Fans now know that Justin Fields is going to actually play in this game, and they're going to be so impatient for that to actually happen. That Andy Dalton has to be like near perfect when he steps on the field, and that's not going to happen because we know there's limitations there. It's an interesting dynamic for Matt Nagy to to really handle. It, it really is. It's it's not only the locker room, but now it's like the the pressure of the all oh, the whole fan base and organization. Because you know George is going to be sitting in this 200 level seat, not liking that. Like it's not going to go over well. It's not. Well, at least the defense can't complain at this point because. They can't they can't
2: sit there and be like we're doing our job and you have got to play the better quarterback. They got to worry about their own stuff.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, can I ask you guys a quick question? About-
2: Does that have to do with Kyle Orton cuz I'm still thrown off by like I was just not expecting the next sentence of the podcast to be
3: you know what Kyle Orton was good at? Yes, like I, I, I like I mentioned the drunken picture. That's what I visualized was was just the big beard and him and at the uh, you know belly up at a bar. I mean, really you know what I'm talking way, about
4: really threw me off. Mark, Mark Lazarus did a good story on on Kyle Owen for our quarterback series. So go check that out. Um, Sexy. Let me ask you guys. Let me guys ask you this uh, about what John's just talking about. What we know, Matt Nagy is stubborn, right? We know Matt Nagy's impatient, right? But this quarterback plan requires patience. Like, he's he's kind of preached that. So, like, who wins? Like, Nagy's going to be stubborn about being patient with Justin Fields, but he's also generally kind of an impatient person. Like, we saw in, in the middle of week three last year when he yanked Mitch Trubisky from the game, even though the team was undefeated. That was so,
3: impatient Nagy winning.
4: Yeah, so like, what impatient Nagy versus stubborn Nagy versus being stubborn about being patient? I'm just like, how like like when like what's gonna happen here?
3: Hulk, we've entered the multiverse again. Just so you know, <laughs> that's yes. Well, let me rephrase Kevin's question. And does this Justin Fields playing in Week One, and the indication that Matt Nagy gave that that could have been more snaps does that lead you to believe that his first start now is coming sooner rather than later? Like I had, again, the 49ers game circled. You guys had it earlier. Um, I'm willing to now move up my prediction of Justin Fields start now to week four. There's a change for you guys.
2: Yeah. And then there was a, I think Jay Glazer reported yesterday that that was kind of always the goal or the thought or what they're thinking. Who knows? Who knows? Like, let me just say this. I, I I think both of these can be true at the same time. I'm uh, not necessarily a huge fan of having two quarterbacks in the game at the same time, I, I, but I, I actually think it was okay. I didn't feel like order any quarterback was disrupted in either way. I mean, I, it certainly didn't help Justin Fields get into any kind of rhythm, but that was kind of the plan, and he knew that going into it. You're not going to get a rhythm if you're only playing five snaps. But regardless of that, I do think it's good he played because... You can't get as much as they're trying to sell this idea that, you know, he needs the experience and blah, blah, blah. You're not going back to blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. (laughs) You can't get that from the sideline, you know, so I can kind of buy the all right. Let's get in the regular season. He could spend a couple weeks seeing how this works, the game preparation during the week and how, you know, all that. I I can sort of get behind it. But at the end of the day, the dude needs to play. He needs to get the experience on the field. So at least they let him go out there on the field and get a few snaps, and it's better than nothing. I don't still completely love the whole thing, but it's better than nothing.
4: Yeah, It will change it's the just, season, yeah. It's just odd strategy to leave your best offensive weapon on the bench an entire game. Like, you just can't do it. Like, you have to give him well, a little bit. You got to yeah, give him a taste.
2: And to your point, though, just from a schematic standpoint, whether he's a rookie or not, it would have been harder if you had actually put fields out there for a whole series or in the second half, it would have been much harder for the Rams to just keep coming and coming and coming the way they did because you lose contain on Justin Fields and you're screwed. So their defense would have changed now. Could they still have sat back and confused him with coverages? Sure. But it would have been an opportunity to change how the game was going and oh, you're all, you know, like clearly you're, your game plan is to just have these dink and dunk short horizontal routes. Um, I, I just think that that could have been different if you put Justin Fields in there. And I just... Allen Robinson gets at least
3: one route over 10 yeah, yards, yeah. right? If, if Justin Fields is in the game. I would say just like a 10-yard scramble for a first down by Justin Fields where he slides or runs out of bounds. Like that enough would change the, the dynamic... Of the Rams' defense, like that's not, not on the table for Andy Dalton. It's just not. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, he could scramble for a couple of yards, whatever, but not like that. You know, like Andy Dalton gains two yards, where Justin Fields will gain twelve. Remember it's the one different? The one scramble is actually kind of nice
2: that Dalton had, where he got inside the five. I think is that a touchdown? If it's
4: Justin, Andy Maybe. Dalton might need to go to the uh, Justin Fields school of sliding.
2: Yeah, that was not a great slide. Kind
4: of more of a more of a dive. That was a good. That was a good scramble by him, though. Sure, it was. I,
2: I, I, guys, I still, don't, I, I don't think Dalton played poorly. I thought, I mean, the, other than the beginning of the game was not good at all. And let me rephrase it. He had a very bad first quarter because you just can't have a uh, an end zone interception like we talked about on the top of the podcast after everything that happened last year. That that was a thing that was supposed to be corrected. And then the throw behind Allen Robinson on fourth down when Cole Komet was wide open on the shallow cross is just. That's a turnover. And that's he was a almost such two turnovers. A couple more times too, wasn't he? But, At least one more time. But I thought beyond that, he played. I thought he played okay, not great, but okay. And um, the problem is, I think we all agree that they have a different quarterback on the roster that could play much better than okay.
3: Agreed. Not that you needed to hear that. No, I know. But maybe, maybe our friend Matt Nagy does. I don't know. No, I, Matt Nagy knows it. He knows it. But this is where stuff is But then, what's Nagy's the winning. point? Are we? What What is going on here? But again, like, what are we doing here? I get it.
4: Question: Are you asking me?
2: <sighs> Anything <Okay>. else, guys? <laughs> We're exhausted. It's week one. <laughs> it's going to be a long season. I mean, I I think
3: losing to the Bengals is on the table. Oh yeah. Absolutely, Bears are favored though by a touchdown still, aren't they? That I saw shift. three. I saw three. Oh, now it's wasn't it like six and a half? I, did I see six and a half earlier? I don't know. I'm just making this I up can in look my it head. Up real quick. The old
4: Bengals. I thought they were favored by three. it's a, it's a battle of two first place teams.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's got
4: the jokes
2: today. You're an idiot sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find this spread right now. Uh, if the Bengals can beat the Vikings, they can beat the Bears. The Vikings, meanwhile, have the same same problems. They're talking about their offensive line and their secondary this week. And they're upset about their head coach. The Bengals got that win. All right, let's see here real quick. Got, yeah, the Bears are a three-point favorite. Okay. Maybe I was making that up. So... I mean, it may have been a touchdown before, but uh, I don't. I I saw it at three pretty quickly, and I was honestly surprised. I, I guess it makes sense that's a home point team spread. That's it. That's all it is. But I'm still almost a little surprised that the Bears are actually favored after that game the other night. So, and by the way, the Rams might be really good, like really good. To your point about Stafford, if he's if that's a legitimate pairing, it looked pretty good for one week at least. Like that's going to be a really tough team to beat. All right. Any final thoughts from you guys? Nope. Play the kid. Got to get to Hal's hall. See which players talk today. Uh, we will be back Thursday with our preview episode to break down this game against Joe Burrow. Jamar chase might start Jamar chase in uh, fantasy this week. After what I saw from the Bears secondary in week, one might be something uh, you guys might want to do. You uh, like 50 yard touchdown passes? Yeah. Yeah. I do on fantasy. 61 yards,
3: 56 yards.
2: I do. I do like those. Um, All right. We'll follow us on Twitter. Uh, Kevin Fishbane. Thanks for jumping on here. You got 15 seconds on Northwestern.
4: Thanks for having me. Northwestern gets their first win of the season. Uh, And I think for the first time in football history, a coach went for it on fourth and 23 from the opponent's 31 (laughs) yard line in the third quarter.
3: Small event. This is the fifth time I've heard about that decision by Pat Fitzgerald. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You said he went for it? He did. Went for it. Kevin can't get over it, though, Adam. I've heard about it's it five just, times now. I thought you said he it's punted.
4: So, no, he's so amusing. No, he went for it. 4th I'm done here. From the Indiana State 31. Middle of the third quarter. Huh. Yeah.
2: See, I, for some reason when you brought that up first, I thought you said that they were like at the Northwestern... 23 or something and punted like okay
4: listen i like i like to see history yeah. i saw history that that afternoon at ryan field mad Nagy went far on fourth and 15 yeah which makes seems like a, a much sounder decision when you compare him. and the uh the route was 13 yards well i mean listen we look, you know we we don't we don't know what was supposed to happen after he caught the ball not well, a good team. Don't I you mention that actually, earlier? But listen, if Kyle Orn was thrown there, it would have been a pass interference flag. Would have gotten the first down.
3: Okay. Podcast over. Jesus. All right, we're out
2: of here. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns at K Fishbane. Read those guys on the Athletic theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. My stuff's up at NBC Sports Check out the t shirts. They are on obvious shirts.com. Saw some uh, some tweets from people wearing them at SoFi Stadium, which was awesome. Appreciate you guys doing that. And uh, keep it going this week at Soldier Field. Bears, Bengals, good time to wear those T-shirts while the weather's still warm. And uh, we'll have some new stuff coming for you as well. Check out the YouTube channel, Hogan Johns. Subscribe. Please hit that notification button. Find out when we go live, which we'll still do a little bit. We're we're still figuring that out because things with post-game are back to how they used to be before last year when we... It's a little bit easier to go live. So we'll keep you posted on all that. But uh, thanks for the support. Great voicemails this week. Kevin Fishbane, you're the best. Uh, it, you, you know, it, send your Kyle Orton tweets at the Fishman. And uh, we'll talk to you later.
1: See ya. Justin Fields to the dope! Let's go, baby!